Welcome to another episode of Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Kirsten Holder, and today we're talking with Dr. Ryan Brown, Pediatric Emergency Room Physician with Oklahoma Children's Hospital. And we're going to be talking about guiding principles for seeking care in urgent and emergency situations. So I'll start with just a little introduction. Dr. Brown is an emergency room pediatrician, like we said, at Children's Hospital OU Health. He earned his medical degree from OU College of Medicine in Oklahoma City, and he completed his pediatric residency there as well. Dr. Brown has special experience in identifying signs of child abuse and serves as a resource to the state of Oklahoma, which is very timely due to the rise of domestic abuse issues in the past year, and especially over the course of the pandemic as well. In addition to his clinical role, Dr. Brown helps train students and residents through the medical education, and he has been recognized for his excellence in teaching. So in addition to your specialties and expertise, we are also diving into cold and flu season. So we're really happy to be talking to a pediatric physician today on the podcast. Welcome, Dr. Brown. Thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be here and hopefully can get some great information out to, uh, to the listeners and viewers and um, answer any questions that you may have. Absolutely. I don't doubt it. So let's start out with uh, hearing a little bit more about your role as an emergency medicine pediatrician at Oklahoma Children's Hospital. What types of cases have you been seeing most commonly or perhaps trends you've seen in the past at this time of year in particular? So in the ER, it's, it's almost like anything else. It, it can be seasonal. Obviously, in the summertime, we do see some more of the kids that have the bumps and bruises from being outside and being more active. Um, some of those are obviously more of a concern whenever we have kids that are riding horses or riding BMX bikes or motorbikes and ATVs, um, and they're not wearing their helmet. So wearing the helmet is, is a big issue that we really push in the summertime. Uh, also water safety. We're kind of getting out of the water safety season, uh, but you know, keeping an eye on kids around big bodies of water is, is a big issue. We try to, to teach parents and, and, and guardians as well. This year, we're now kind of moving into the, the fall and winter season. And so, of course, with that comes the seasonal allergies, especially here in Oklahoma. Um, there's never a down season for seasonal allergies in Oklahoma. But also, what's the difference between a seasonal allergy and what may be a cold um, or sinus infection or, or infection for that? So in wintertime, we're starting to see some of the cold and flu. Asthma is starting to flare up in this time of year. Um, and then, of course, safety, safety matters. People are, are traveling for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, just some of the things that we think about when you're getting on the road with your kids to think ahead to, to say, hey, if you're going out of town, don't forget to take your kids' medicines. Don't forget to take your insurance cards in case you have to go to an emergency department in another town or city or state for that matter. Um, but one thing that we do see all the time is ingestions, especially in little kids. So that never goes away. Um, so we always tell or, or always on the aspect of, you know, hey, if you've got medications in your house, especially if you're visiting a house this, these holiday seasons with people that may not be used to having small children, remind them, hey, if you've got uh, medicines, please put them away. If you've got firearms that may be laying about, put those away. So trying to safety proof your house and the house that you're about to visit uh, is always a good, good measure, especially with the holidays coming up. 
Oh, those are great tips, especially with the medicine and firearms. I, I am a parent of a young child, and I feel like the first thing I do when I go into a house with him is check to see what kind of doorknobs they have, because yes. the, le the lever doorknobs are so easy for my toddler to open. Um, but you're right, kind of keeping those safety things locked up and out of reach um, for a child of any age, really. Um, those are great tips as we're traveling and, and seeing friends and loved ones and family that uh, we maybe don't see every day day. As we're in households that we're maybe not always used to coming to, especially with our kids, um, you're, you're mentioning ingestions, things that might be picked up um, off the table or throughout the household. Um, can you walk us through some situations that you've seen in the ER that relates to ingestions, um, choking, or even allergic reactions, and what we can do um, in those situations, what we should be aware of? Sure. Yeah, again, and, and, and this can be when we're visiting others or when others are visiting our house or even at our own houses. Kids can um, can get into things, uh, whether it's, you know, uh, medications, whether it's cleaning materials and such. So I always tell parents this, if you're in an environment and the, your child starts acting a lot different than normal. Now, it's not like, oh, we just walked, went over to Uncle John's house and he's got all these fun toys and they're going crazy playing with toys, that's a different attitude change. But if you've got a kid that is now more somnolent or sleepy, they're maybe having a seizure, they're, they're not acting right, they're just, you know, there's just something's off, something's changed. Usually when we see ingestions with kids, we see them actually start to go downhill um, as opposed to getting hyper, but hyper usually can be excitement, but if it's an abnormal type hyper where they're more jittery, if you will, um, those can be signs of, of, a, of an ingestion. Um, and so one is, first and foremost, if you see a kid ingest something, whether it may be um, a medication that has been laid out at grandpa's house or uh, especially, you know, gummy bears, you know, we have me medical marijuana is now uh, available in gummy bears and, and a lot of different types of edibles. Um, our colleagues at the Poison Control Center, that might be a resource you can call them first to say, hey, is this something I need to to do something at home. Um, we've had a, we had a case where I had a, a, a 12 month old eat half of a cigarette bud. Um, and so he's like, hey, all the poison control, is that worth coming in or not? And, and, and our colleagues at poison control, that's 1-800-222-1222. And they're really great about either saying, hey, you know what, that substance whatsoever, you can just watch them, keep, the, keep you at home, you don't have to go in versus, you know what, that's, you know, if he took three, if he ate three of those gummy bears, um, we need you to have, we need you to go in and seek medical attention. Um, so again, lock up your, your medical, your, your medical marijuana or any of your medications for that matter. Make sure all your cleaning supplies are, are put in an area that's, that's, that's safe. Um, but yeah, look for those signs and symptoms. If my kid's acting differently than normal, either kind of twitching or, or, or having issues with that, or even if they're a little bit more somnolent or sleepy than normal, um, those are, can be or those can be signs of of an ingestion. Thank you for talking about that a little bit. And my mind is just making checklists as you're talking, um, because like you mentioned, gummy bears um, are edible marijuana and they look like candy to kids. Um, some of us have specialty drinks around the holidays that might look like juice or something that is very friendly to kids. And so making special awareness around those items um, and keeping kids safe is so important this time of year. 
Correct. And, and again, kids are not little adults. A, you know, one pill that I may take for, for a medical condition could be very harmful if ingested by a, a, a one-year-old. So if you just see a kid like, oh, they just took one pill, that shouldn't cause a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, one, kill, one pill can kill. Mm-hmm. Um, and so depending upon what that medication was, our, our colleagues at the Poison Control Center can help answer some questions as to, can I watch them or do I have to bring them in for further medical attention? Thank you for that information. So what is unique about the emergency department at Oklahoma Children's Hospital? <sighs> First and foremost, I think it's the people, uh, not just because I'm one of them, but it, it truly is the people. You know, we've got the gr- greatest nurses, the physicians, uh, the techs. So everybody is oriented towards the kid. They're really oriented towards children. So every uh, our nurses are trained in, in dealing with children. Our doctors are trained in dealing with what to look for in the aspects of children and the disease process that affects children. Um, we have pediatric specialists. I mean, we are the only 24-7 pediatric emergency room in the Oklahoma City metro area. Um, We have pediatric equipment, stuff that um, is only made for children that other facilities may not have because they deal with more adults. Um, So it's really tailored towards children. It's really focused on children. We have child life, which are fantastic. Uh, I I call them wizards because they really do a great job working with kids to help ease their anxiety maybe help ease their pain whenever we're doing procedures like starting an IV. Um, so it's, it's really family focused, really. We, we, we take care of the kid, but we also for, don't forget that there's also a parent or a caregiver involved. So we also answer their questions, alleviate their anxieties as well. So we kind of look at the whole package and um, it's, it's, it's really to take care of the kids, take care of the family and ease the anxieties that the families may have. That is a really great piece of information to know. Um, you know, every ER situation can be a little overwhelming and a little stressful um, for parents or adults, but I can imagine through the eyes of kids, you know, that that extra care and special training, I think, will go, does go a long way. So going to the emergency department is not always necessary. Um, when unexpected things happen to your kid, it can be hard to know if you need to book an appointment with a pediatrician, if you can wait for their availability, or whether you can jump into an urgent care or emergency room. Um, so could you give our listeners a little guidance here on which might be more appropriate in different situations? Absolutely. You know, and, and I tell parents this, I will never fault a parent for coming to the emergency room. As a parent, I know sometimes you get anxious about an injury or an illness that your child may have. And the first thing you want to do is I want to take my child to take care of my kid. Let's go. But there are some different levels and options that are available. And, you know, for us at OU Health, we, we've kind of prepared for that. We kind of look, you know, forth know, had some foresight to think, okay, what can we do for our families to to give them and allow them certain levels of of access to us, not levels of care. They're going to get great care no matter where they go, but it's really that level of access. And that can be either a virtual visit where they can just talk virtually like us in this pandemic. I think everybody's gotten used to some type of virtual reality type of setting uh, and such, whether it's school or work, I think people are becoming more comfortable with that uh, versus an urgent care to where it's maybe closer to their house and it's maybe a condition that the child doesn't actually need to come 
to the emergency room and it may be full-blown coming to the ER. I tell parents this, if it's something that um, maybe they just have a question or they just kind of, I just, I, I'm just wanting to seek a little bit of advice type thing, our virtual, our, our virtual option may be very helpful to them. And that's actually uh, oklahomachildrens.com forward slash urgent care. And that's something that they can log on at their convenience. Um, you don't have to have an appointment. You just log on, set, you know, get, answer some questions, and um, you'll usually get a response within 15 minutes uh, up to an hour. But it's to kind of say, hey, my kid woke up with a red eye. Uh, is that something I need to bring in? And they will get a response back to them, either in the form of an email or if the provider feels like this is something that really needs some attention. They may set up some type of a virtual visit to there and they can see the kid or, or do some type of a virtual response. And, and that's $25. It's, it's one of those things that you get to speak with a pediatric specialist at, at, OU, at OU Children's Hospital. Um, and that's kind of a convenient thing that they can do. You know, a sniffle, a cough, maybe even a small rash something that is, I just want to get it, kind of run it by somebody. You know, the urgent care may be a little bit more of a step up where we feel like we need to be seen a little bit more. My child's pulling at my ear. I want to, I want to look in the ear, strep throat is going, you know, is going around. We want to be evaluated for that. Um, any type of maybe a bump or injury that we just need to kind of look at and see how they're, how they're looking and such. Um, you know, I've, I've worked in the urgent care and I've had kids come in that um, they they were at school and, and, and fell and they, they've gotten a break, they've got a little abrasion and they need to know, you know, do I need stitches? Do I not need stitches and such? You know, the emergency room, now that's the bigger step up. Um, and, and so we need to say, hey, is this something that really needs attention? To back up, so when we have our, our urgent cares, we actually have two locations of our urgent cares. Um, and those are our kids first urgent cares. And those are one up in um, North May uh, location. I believe it's 12516 North May. And the other one's up in Edmonds at 2820 North Kelly Avenue. Um, and those are our urgent cares. Those are open um, every, every day of the week uh, in the evenings. On Saturdays and Sundays, they're 10 to 6. Monday through Friday, they're open 5 to 10. Um, and we can see some minor emergencies at those places as well. Um, as far as the emergency department, we're 24-7. Uh, you know, I tell people like we, we're, we're there all the time. I, I worked um, last night till 2 a.m. Uh, and such. So we're there and, and such. And so those are the ones that um, Obviously, if, if you have an emergency at home and you call 911, if you call the if you call the ambulance, they're going to bring you to the to the emergency department. If you have an injury that involves a fracture, that you have a child that has a bone that is like obviously broken, yeah, you want to come to the emergency department. Uh, you know, kids that have seizures that uh, have lasted for a while that have never had them before. Um, ingestions are a big are a big thing that we're seeing, and I, and I'll come back and touch on that in a second as well. Um, so whatever we see, you, we really want to make sure that um, we get the care that that child needs and the education that that family member needs. Yes, thank you for breaking some of that down because sometimes when you're in that spur of the moment, and I don't know how everybody's family is, but I feel like we always have those moments on Saturday at 2 a.m. 
<laughs> when we're kind of like, you know, sleep deprived and, and trying to figure out how the severity of what's going on. So having your uh, telehealth access to kind of help get some senses around what's going on and then having other options to be seen um, immediately, whether it be, like you said, more um, kind of emergent, non-emergency, but still needs to be looked at, but but also the care 24-7, um, that is so beneficial to have, have those options and to kind of create a game plan so that when parents are in those situations and your senses are just all seeing red, you can think a little bit more about what needs to happen next um, for the safety and care of your child. Right. Yes. Okay. So um, now virtual pediatric um, urgent care is, is a new offering. Um, is there anything more that parents need to know about how it should work? You did provide the link um, and how parents can take advantage of that service. You said it was $25. Is there anything else we need to know about that new service? Sure. So it is 8, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. So it's not a 24-hour getting somebody, but you have access. You can actually, at four o'clock, you can actually enter your information at three o'clock in the morning. If you're like, am I awake? Let me check. Let me send this. And then at 8 a.m. when when the service opens, you can get a response fairly quickly at that point. Um, so it, it's it's easy. Um, it's access no matter where you are, where you live and such. You just have to have access to the internet. Um, and, you, and you can answer your questions that we, we may have. You have the ability to maybe even upload a photo, uh, a video to show, hey, this is what my, this is what's going on with my child so that the provider on the other end can look at it. Um, and again, the other thing people ask is, well, you know, I, I don't have insurance. I'm in between jobs. You, you, you don't have to have insurance. We can do use it in the form we use um, the $25. We can do that either as a credit card, as a savings account uh, and such. Um, and so it's just kind of a nice first line um, availability that we can do with families. And, and in this age of the pandemic, you know, OU Health has thought and say, hey, a lot of things are going virtual. Let's get out there and do some virtual um, offerings to our, 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 our families so that they can maybe not have to get out and in, in, get out from their houses and or maybe even miss work. They can do it from home. Or if a babysitter calls and say, hey, I'm taking care of this, your child, maybe they can maybe not have to leave work and go pick up the kid and bring the kid to, to the hospital. They can do some type of a virtual visit and save a lot of, of issues. And we can do prescriptions if we feel like it, that if we feel like the child um, that we've evaluated on the virtual visit needs some type of uh, medication, we can do medication virtu virtually and send it to the pharmacy close to you, um, which makes it a lot easier as well. Yes, that's great to know. And as you mentioned, there's so many barriers sometimes to when it comes into deciding whether or not you need to take your kid in. But but as you mentioned, work being a big thing. Um, if you've got if the child has other siblings or other children in the house, you know, and you're trying to coordinate childcare for all of them, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things that go into that decision. Yes, and of course, every parent wants best for their child, but it's just nice to have those options and those conveniences for sure. Right. So if in-person care, um, you know, you're kind of deducing through the options um, that in-person care is a better fit, uh, where can a family go? You mentioned there's two clinics and then um, the ER as well. Right, so our two clinics, you know, we North May and then uh, North Kelly Avenue with, with the Kids First clinics. Um, 
are, are nice options out in the community, out, out where you live that parents can, can go to. Um, they're, they're open at times when parents are available. You know, I get home from work and my kid's sick. Oh my gosh. Um, do I want to drive into town, uh, into the city to, to the ER, or can I just go down the street uh, to the urgent care? And, and those are those options that we have. Like I guess said, five to 10, uh, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday and Sunday, and, and to get that care. And, and again, maybe, hey, my kid needs this, you know, he came home from school and he's got a, he's got a sore throat. Um, I've got a little scrape that may or may not need to be stitched or, or wrapped up and everything like that. I twisted my ankle. We have abilities to do certain types of x-rays at, at these facilities as well. Um, and so we can, we, it's just an extension of uh, Oklahoma Children's Hospital out into the community to provide that, um, that medical care to our, fa our families. Yes, that is so nice. Thank you for going into more detail about that. So as we're in cold and flu season and RSV season, is there anything important for families to watch out for? And I'm also curious if you've noticed um, flu cases being greater or lesser than last year, or maybe just even what's typical of this time of year. So this time of year, we've, so normally flu and RSV season tend to occur in um, December, January, February. So we're, we're kind of coming into that. We really haven't seen a large number of influenza or flu RSV cases per se right now. Um, what we have been seeing are rhino enteroviruses. We've seen some human metanumaviruses. We've seen some Coxsackie viruses, some parainfluenzas. We've seen a lot of other respiratory viruses mm -hmm. that act very similar to flu and, and RSV that can be just as um, concerning to families and such. So we're seeing a lot of other respiratory illnesses in kids this time of year. Um, but we are starting to move into that season of, of, of flu and RSV. Um, some of the things I always tell parents is one, obviously kids are in daycare. Um, unfortunately, some kids are going to get sick at daycare and just be careful, you know, with, with that. If your kid um, comes home with signs and symptoms of, 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 of a cold and flu type, type of thing, do you give them the proper amount of Tylenol or ibuprofen or, and see if that can help with their fever? Um, some educational things is, are they in respiratory distress? Uh, they just got a congestion or are they wheezing like they do with maybe asthma type symptoms and such? Um, some of the things that we can do obviously is, is, is good hand hygiene, making sure that we're practicing good hi hand hygiene. You know, obviously the, the, the influenza, the flu shots have, have come out now. So if you, if you know, go out and get your flu shot so that you can kind of help protect yourself as much as for that as well. Um, but again, it is, we're moving into that, sis, that system. And again, it's holiday. We're going to start seeing a lot of friends and family a lot more. Uh, school's in session now. So we've got kids that are interacting. So we are going to start seeing some cold and flu. Uh, just be precautious as the difference between, do they just have a congestion or any nose? And I can just kind of treat that with some, some Tylenol Motrin to help out with fever. Or are they starting to have wheezing? They're really you know, sucking to get air in and do they need a breathing treatment type thing where they may need to come into one of our outlying urgent cares and um, or emergency departments. And again, if you have a question, we, we have the virtual option that you can log on, ask a medical provider and say, hey, is this something that, that needs further evaluation or do I just need some education as to um, what I need to do with that? Yes. 
Real quick, just on that note, as we're talking about wheezing, would you talk about the differences in coughs? Because I know that's something that gets listened to a lot with the upper respiratory, um, especially in kids. Um, we've heard the term productive cough versus dry cough, um, maybe accompanied by wheezing. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that as it relates to uh, this time of year? Sure, absolutely. You know, in, in 20 years of doing this, I almost think I could could demonstrate it better, <laughs> but I'm not. Um, so productive cough is a cough that actually produces something. You know, they produce phlegm. They can, you know, cough, 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 and they're they're coughing up something. A lot of kids, especially the little kids, they don't have the force to do that. So they're going to just cough, 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 and they get purple in the face because they're trying to just break this stuff loose to get it up. So usually a productive cough can be something down in the chest. You get some mucus in the chest, and it's really loose. It's a rattly sounding type of thing. Now, when we hear kids make weird noises when they breathe, there's two options. One could be they're just really congested in their head and that noise is radiating down into the chest. And so it's kind of more of their, it's all in their head versus their chest versus is it in their chest? And they kind of have that rattly sound in their chest. They're kind of loose. Uh, a wheeze is more of a whistle. It's like a and so it's more of a whistle sound as opposed to kind of a, a wet sound that could be going on. And just because your child does not have a history of asthma doesn't mean that you can't have a wheeze. You can have a wheeze uh, with some of these different viruses that are going around. Um, so it's just one of those things we want to look at and, and see. Now, one of the things we have been seeing going around is croup. Now, that will mm -hmm. freak out a parent or a caregiver to no end. What happens with croup is you go to bed normally and about two o'clock in the morning, your child's just having this horrific sounding breathing. They're just almost gasping for air. They're, <gasps> and you, you, it's, it's, it, it, it can really just fry your nerves. And so you rush to the emergency department and they do better because you went outside and that cool, moist air helps settle it. Now, croup is in the throat. It's a throat thing. And we have that thing called strider, like I said, when they, that, and it's a throat thing, not a chest thing or a head thing. It's actually in the throat. And they kind of just have that, may have a raspy voice when they try to talk. Um, and when they cough, it cough, that, that cough is different because it sounds like a seal barking. It's a higher pitched, barky type cough that may be different than just a, a cough of trying to clear my throat or a cough that I've just got some congestion in. And all of those are different and all of those are, uh, are treated differently as well. And they're all concerning. So I appreciate you breaking all concerning, it. Yes, all concerning, um, <laughs> I appreciate you breaking it down, especially with the demonstrations, because like you kind of mentioned in the middle of the night, inevitably is when it happens and you're sitting there as a parent trying to figure out is this an emergency and is it not? So I do appreciate those audio examples of what they sound like. <laughs> so the COVID vaccine for young children has become available in Oklahoma this month. Um, I'd love to hear more about what parents might need to know about scheduling a vaccine for a child. Um, and if parents have questions or want more information about the shot itself, where can they find the most accurate information? And then last question, is there a need to space out um, your flu shot and your COVID vaccines in this age group? So the answer to the last question first, the answer is no, you, you don't have to. You can get your flu shot and your COVID vaccine at the same time. Now, they're not mixed together. There are going to be two separate vaccinations, um, but you can get them at the same time. Just like when your child was two months old and four months old, we could do two different types of vaccines at the same time. Your body is able to 
your, your body is this miraculous thing that um, can handle that. And so you can get them at the same time if you, if you choose to do that. Um, as far as um, the availability, yes, we now have been approved for five to 11. So now we have children, basically school age kids can now be vaccinated against COVID-19. And um, lots of resources out there. You can go to CDC, you can actually go to OU Health um, to, to look up some information on, on the, the COVID-19 vaccination. You can contact your medical provider, your pediatrician to see if they have, do they offer it or do they have questions for it? Um, it the pharmacists uh, are also a good resource that you can do out there as well. But you know, OU Health is one of the resources you can do. Um, we have some COVID clinics that we can do to kind of help schedule that. You'll just have to go online and, and look at those availabilities and such. Um, but it is one of those things that um, it's 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 here and and it's it's recommended for for the kids uh, that we can kind of help protect them. It's just another level of care that we can offer our kids um, so that they can protect themselves, they can protect others, um, they can protect. Again, vaccinations are great because not only are they protecting the children, but we're also who's coming in contact with those children. You know, grandma and grandpa. You know, we may have our teachers who are fantastic, but some of them may be in their 50s and 60s, and we're also protecting them as well. So um, you're protecting yourself, but you're protecting others by doing it. Yes, and kids are a little germ vacuum, so <laughs> kind of putting it in that a light, bit, you know. Bit, but, you know, we do our best. Again. Yes, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Brown. This, these tips were all super helpful, especially like you mentioned, um, as we're heading into those family seasons where we're going to be around a lot of people that maybe we're not around all the time, or even if we are, you know, it's these, these are all great tips, um, preventing emergencies, having a game plan during an emergency, and then kind of even identifying what is an emergency and what isn't, and how you can get help and knowing the difference too. So I really appreciate all of these tips, and I know our listeners do too. Uh, well, I, I really appreciate it. And again, I tell parents, uh, especially moms, you have an MD degree, you have a doctorate and mommyhood degree. Um, and so um, use that and go with your gut. And if your gut tells you um, something's going on with your kid, act on it. Thank you. I appreciate that validation. And I know a lot of our other listeners do too. So for everyone listening, you can find out more about Dr. Ryan Brown and the services that Oklahoma Children's Hospital provides at www.oklahomachildrens.com slash urgent care. We hope you all join us next time on Raising OKC Kids.